0: On this episode of The Playbook, I have Howard Marks, co-founder and CEO of StartEngine Equity Crowdfunding. And we're gonna talk about how many millions of companies can utilize this type of funding mechanism and why you don't wanna go to Stanford. Join me for all this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook. Where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host, David Meltzer. I have Howard Marks, co founder and CEO of Start Engine Equity Crowdfunding. Welcome to the playbook, Howard. How are you? Doing good. So, you know, the whole crowdfunding space has gone crazy. Um, it's always been extremely tricky when we were talking about equity, it was nice and easy when we were talking about products. Uh, and yet there's so many companies in America that need funding. You are solving a tremendous problem and having a huge impact on the world. Give us a little bit of background. Number one, on the challenges that you faced to be able to create start engine, but moreover, that need that drove you to create it. Uh, in America, especially in the impact that you're having?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. What I've noticed was there is a tremendous amount of capital out there, the need for capital, and not that much to offer. So let me explain that. So you have about six hundred to 800,000 new companies that start every year. And the venture capital industry provides funding for about 2,000 companies and the angels probably another 10 or 20,000. And then you have the rest and they don't have access to banks because banks are not lending to them. And they have families and friends and that's amazing. So let's focus on that. These almost 680,000 companies need, need money it's a blue ocean of opportunity and that's why i'm here i initially started uh, start engine as an accelerator in los angeles and invested in 59 companies of which some of them were amazing entrepreneurs women and minorities and and they all came back with the same result which is can't raise money a lot of them were discouraged and it's really really painful to get on the phone with entrepreneurs who are not able to raise money for whatever reason i said look there must be a better way is it is is the way of pitching and spending hundreds of hours pitching investors effective and efficient and, and actually fair? Or is it better to pitch the crowd? Well, guess what? The rules changed in 2012. And in 2015, we got started with the new rules, which permit now entrepreneurs to raise money directly from the crowd. And that's why we're here.
0: And your mission is to help those founders, not just brand new startups, but just small businesses in general. There's millions of businesses. How many do you uh, estimate in America? How many businesses do you think need this type of funding or would like this type of funding? What we've done is our mess.
1: A lot of people will talk about there's 60 million businesses in America, but a lot of them are single ownership uh, uh, companies, uh, consultants, contractors, CPAs. So take all of those out. We we're able to scrub it down to 5 million companies. Now it's a big number, 5 million. So let me explain that most companies that go public are pretty significantly large, Airbnb and Uber. And that represents the 0.01% of that group of 5 million companies. In fact, if you look at the stock market today, it's half the number of companies it used to be. So 20 years ago, you had about, roughly 10,000 companies on Nasdaq and New York Stock Exchange and today is about 4700 so if you take those out and then you realize the vast majority of the wealth of America about 90% is locked in private enterprises so 10% is on the public market you know you know the apple the google they represent trillions but you would argue well that's it no 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 when you take the 4,900,000 and 90, 90,000 companies, you can do the math, it's more than the stock market. Wow. It's a tremendous amount. And it's, it's what I was saying, the blue ocean, it, there's more value to be created in small business than there is in large business.
0: Well, I think one of the other things too is access to the companies. You know, a lot of people see the one side of the marketplace, which is companies needing money but there's a lot of people that want to invest in companies and we saw that with other crowdfunding companies when they were selling products that a lot of the people in the investing side wanted to invest in the company not just give and buy product and there's you know billions of people who do not have the you know as a the correct access or knowledge this is a much simpler way to get your feet wet to buy a lottery ticket in a company, in an idea, or in an entrepreneur that you believe in. So, I think a lot of times, you know, when I see with Start Engine, it's not only giving the ability to companies uh, to create investment for themselves, but it's actually empowering investment into the country for allowing the general public to have access and information to thousands and thousands of different companies that they never would have access to or awareness of. So think about this, uh, D- David. A
1: lot of people call investing in startup as alternative investment. Alternative to what? Alternative to stock market. Basically, NASDAQ and your stock exchange. Let's be very clear. So what is the alternative investment market? A lot of people call private investments, private, right? So you got real estate, real estate partnership. You got gold, you got uh, royalties for music, you know, you got wine, uh, classic cars, but you also have startups and companies. So this is what I call the world of alternative investments. And so what we're trying to do with Start Engine is to create a platform for alternative investments. So we started with startups and we have plenty of startups. We've done over 600 and as you can see, there are thousands and thousands more available and we're gonna get there. I promise you we'll get there. However, our investors, our community investors are interested in real estate too, why not? So we have to offer them those things as well. So we've used StartEngine as a platform. You, you can come on StartEngine and find those startups that you wanna be connected with. And then you have you wanna be part of their journey. So there's more than just, I place my thousand dollars in a company and I buy my lottery ticket. I also enjoy the journey together. I get some perks, some benefits for being an investor early and who knows, who knows what can happen. A lot of people read the, the press and see these amazing investments happening left and right with big outcomes and they want in. And so we feel that in in a way we've democratized access to to these opportunities
0: for the consumer who never had it before. That is a big idea. It's a huge idea and it's working. You're the 10th fastest growing company in America. You have over $300 million in funding already at such an early stage, but your company doesn't do it by luck. You know, I always say that we can hire uh, for values and teach skills you know, as I've done due diligence on your company, you're a value-based business. And those values carry over, not just internally, but externally to the marketplace itself. Um, One of those things, understanding your mission, is about expectations. You know, when we're making investments, we talk about managing expectations, exceeding expectations, overselling, manipulating, lying, and cheating with expectations, which occurs if anyone has ever seen the market, the market makers and the buy and sell side of the public markets. Expectations are a big deal. Let's talk about for you how you manage those expectations and value expectations for your marketplace.
1: So I agree with you, David. There, there, there's another value that comes along with exceed expectations is do the right thing. Which is kind of missing as a value in the financial industry in some ways. I, I think they should, I think every company should do it and add that value. But if you think about this, at Start Engine, I'm talking about our company. No one can get promoted or, or get a bonus unless they 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 meet our values. So it's it's actually meaningful values. This is not just put them on, on on a piece of paper and say, oh yeah, we're all nice people and we do the right thing. No, 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 no. Someone who doesn't even if they make money for the company, and they're very successful, they will be fired. They'll be chewed out of the organization. Now, that's true also for the companies we work with. We do a lot of due diligence, a lot of legal review to make sure that these investments are very risky, yet fit in our box of what we believe has um, proven to to put together the right things on paper. Look, we can miss things, we're human as well, but overall um, our, our legal group is very strong.
0: Very, and you know, it's interesting too because there's an expensive characteristic that you have and I try to share with you. It's what we need most, it's what I'm trying to teach and empower my four children with, and it's called curiosity. Uh, Curiosity is the key to creativity, of imagination, of manifestation in my world. And no matter how successful you and I have become, were, and will be, Curiosity is not only the key to the success, it's something that we need to inspire others to have to keep up with the technology that we've been blessed with. We need the imagination, the creativity, and the curiosity. How important has curiosity been for you as you are already kind of on top of your game, there's no need to start, no pun intended, the start engine. How has curiosity played a role in your company?
1: If you think about it, I think it's a key value And the reason is because we had to reimagine finance. I personally don't come from finance. Even though I came from the video game world, which has a financial component to it, that's not finance. Finance is the world of service. We offer service. Our service that we offer is to bring capital to the company. It's a service and offer it to investors, right? And so we had to reinvent and there, and I can point to many things we've done to reinvent the idea of what we call a modern financial company. And we did it. Why? Because of our curiosity. I mean, I'm curious. Like, explain to me, why can't women get capital? Why, why do VCs only put in 2% of the money into these women-led companies when the money they get are from pension funds? And the pension funds are all universities and schools, so women denominated. I don't understand how that works. You transform the money this way. And so we we were curious about it. I'm telling you, I was very curious. And I said, is there a better way? And and because I came outside of the financial industry, I was willing to try anything. And so this idea of taking the Kickstarter model and merging it with the financial model, I think it's fantastic.
0: One of the other things that's so surprising is you know I didn't mention it earlier, but you were the co-founder and CEO of Acclaim Games, of course Activision. There was no reason for you to change the game. You had benefited from the rules of the game. You know, you didn't go to Stanford; you went to Michigan, but you still were able to benefit so selling out the Walt Disney Company. And yet, there's something inside of you that wanted to change the rules to be fair for more people. Uh, and it seems to me that you. You know, really value that fairness of how to treat other people, regardless of your success, regardless of what you've been able to accomplish and take advantage of. You somehow wanted to change, no pun intended, the rules of the game. Where did that come from childhood or school or, you know, I need more people that have actually, you know, I talk about making more money so you can help more people and have more fun. You know, the most discouraging thing for me is when someone reaches a success. And doesn't do anything to make it better for others. You seem to make that a priority within the context of your life and your business.
1: I mean, you, you know, you can look at about a cultural value. Um, I'm, I, I'm, our family is Jewish, and and we really try to make sure that we take care of the people in our family and also outside of our family. So it's it's a value system that I, I learned from my grandfather, who, you know, we would go travel and he would stop and talk to people and give them money, literally take money out of his pocket and, and give them money. And it was wonderful to see that. So it, it, it is, I think a value system that I have in myself, but truly I was very concerned. And I'll tell you, I was more than concerned. I was enraged about the, the status quo of finance for entrepreneurs from a so large diversity of people. You know, if you look at the venture capital world, they only invest in people that look like them in the place they live. So you got the both coasts and you got all the people from Stanford and, 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 and the Caltechs and, and then what? And then you, you have less and less people. But By the time you're done with what they invest in, there's, not, there's a very clear group who, who are the winners. And to me, that was, I found it completely unfair. But it's not fairness that was important to me. It was opportunity lost. To me, the opportunity was lost. Why? Because you know the, these other entrepreneurs have something to say, and, and they could be the next big thing, but they're not giving the opportunity. So I I thought, I thought that by leveling the playing field, which is to remove the barriers, think about the barriers of entry. You got to know people who are wealthy, or you got to be the right fit for the right person to invest, correct? But what, what happens when you remove those barriers? What, what happens? Tell me, tell, explain to me, how does the world look different when all these barriers are gone and the only thing you have to do is you go on a platform like StartEngine and you tell your story and you do the marketing to these investors.
0: What happens? That's amazing. And last question, you know, you are being asked to speak at, you know, Harvard Business School on entrepreneurship. What would be the topic? of the speech that you would give and what lesson or takeaway would you like them to have Well funny enough
1: you mentioned that I actually did that a year and a half ago uh, I did talk My research is pretty good so That's what we call that's know, what we call a softball yeah, <laughs> That's good But but here's the thing here's what I would like to talk about is this is that entrepreneurship obviously is the backbone of our country it's obvious it's the american dream We need to preserve it at all costs I think the people at Harvard, you will find it is fascinating that in the past, they would go to two things. They would either go into consulting or finance out of their MBA. And now you're seeing a lot of people going into entrepreneurship, which is amazing. I think it's so fantastic. My pitch to Harvard is this. It's, I don't think you need to teach entrepreneurship. In fact, I don't think that's really what the the purpose is. I think what you have to teach is the fact that the diversity of our country allows us to do so many extraordinary things. And so these are an elite college with an elite group of people, go take a chance, make something happen, it's worth it. It's a great journey. I would encourage any student from any college to try the entrepreneurship journey. So I think it's not, I think it's a, it's, it's a benefit the lesson learned is very simple for me. The lesson learned was I took the chance. I didn't know what I was doing. I don't think I know what I'm doing even today. And that is the beauty of it. It's that we. I went through a journey of very hard, very difficult time with rewards. And in many ways, I think that's enriching. It enriches me and the people around me. I, I was playing golf with a friend this weekend and He's like, Howard, this is my second startup. The first one he did was very successful. He says, "If well, I'm, I'm going to sell this one. And when I'm done, if I ever tell you I'm going to start a startup, take a bat and hit me with it. <laughs> and I said, I said, you don't get it. Of course you're going to start another one. That's what you're made of. That's who we are. And, and the same for me. You, you ask me why I, I'm doing this. I'll tell you why I'm doing this. Because the journey is more, is more than the reward. I, I tell you, David, it's much better to have travel hopeful than have arrived. And i rather be traveling hopeful. And as much, sometimes we hate doing it because, you know, you should imagine the stuff I have to deal with. You, have, you, know, you know, yeah, I know, the list goes long. and it's, Employees and overhead. That's all you have to say. Whoa, but then plus customers <laughs> and plus regulators. I mean, look, customers. I'm attacked from every place at the same time. Everybody's attacking me. And you know what I love about this? It's just, you can break it down and just get the job done. And I'm, I'm Teflon right now, okay? I'll take anything.
0: And I love it. I'm with you. I enjoy the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit, pursuit of my own potential. And it all can come. I'm Teflon as well with you because I have been able to blend, which is what I like to teach called the blend, patience and persistence. I blend the currencies of money and faith And uh, most of all, you are the ultimate entrepreneur and philanthropist. Thank you so much for, as the Jewish culture says, for being such a mensch. Thank you, Howard. We appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.